We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski, uh formerly of uh, St. Paul's Lutheran Church and Trinity Lutheran Church in Nuithens and Darmstadt, respectively. And I have next to me <laughs> Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church from the beautiful snow-covered streets of St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. I was up in Minnesota for Christmas and, and so glad to get out of there. What were you doing up there, John? Well, it's no, it's no better down. It's cold and we got snow here. My goodness. You're right. You're Although right. we had a couple days. I had a couple days where I got up in the 60s and everything was pretty. But that just made it feel worse than when it got cold. I know. It was a crazy weekend. It got up to almost 70, I yeah. think. And then, yeah, yeah, here we are. We had uh, snow and snow on the ground as we're recording. That's right. What are you going to do? Oh, and, and before we go any further, there's a very, very important announcement that I need to make. Because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yay! They did. Go Chiefs! <laughs> yeah, Go I Chiefs. bet you're happy. A lifelong Chiefs fan, yeah, right? Yeah, Not just a fair weather fan that's got on the bandwagon these past <laughs> few weeks. No, you you are a dedicated Chiefs fan. Born born and raised in Independence, Missouri, which of course is right outside of Kansas City. Yes, yes, I I've watched them defeat the Minnesota Vikings fifty years ago. Yeah. And it's been a long wait. <laughs> But finally, a man of your age remembers 50 years <laughs> ago right. when they won the first time. Well, I remember 54 years ago when they lost to what, Green Bay or somebody. <laughs> I wouldn't remember that, Sean. I well, I, I, I should point out, I suppose, <laughs> that the Chiefs were the first American Football League team to uh, play in the Super Bowl. Although we Is were, that right? We were, totally demolished by at that point what was called the national football league that was a big union between the nfl and the afl but all right we're back 50 years later <laughs> yeah it was cool it was a good game too oh man wow back and forth man it was exciting well it was a typical i i, I know this isn't sports talk people we'll get to wrestling with the basics in just a second <laughs> uh but yeah it was a typical chiefs game and for most of the game we thought we were going to lose and, and generally, the Chiefs have the habit of snatching uh, uh, defeat out of the mouth of victory. <laughs> but not this time. Not this time. So we were happy for Mahomes and the rest of the gang there. So I'm sorry. I just had to put that in because, yes, there was much rejoicing a week ago at the Lekomsky household. I'm sure there was. And <laughs> rightly so. It's been a long wait. It's been a long wait. So there you go. Just just be patient and wait on the Lord. <laughs> That's my sermon illustration. It's kind of like Missouri's sermon illustration. The Blues after 50 years, there, there after never winning it, right? Yeah. And now the Chiefs after 50 years, uh, finally we get to celebrate. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we're going to, first I need to also say thank you to the good Christian folk at Freeburg, Christ our Savior in Freeburg, Illinois, uh, because I was blessed to lead Bible study there. And, and so if you hear anything good from this particular study that we're sharing with you, it probably Probably came from the people at Freeburg, <laughs> not from me. <laughs> but we're, we're going to do the classic story, the Sunday school story we've all heard before of Daniel and the Lions, Den from Daniel 6. But those are pretty smart people over there, and, and they had some neat insights that we'll, I'd like to share with, with everybody. Giving today, credit okay? where credit is due to the yeah. people over at Freeburg. 
Um, and, and here's the first thought I want to start with. Do is you know it, what the mascot of Freeberry High School is, John? It's it's the midgets, That's isn't right, it? the midgets. <laughs> <laughs> Striking terror in people. Oh, no, it's, it's midgets? The what? mighty midgets. Oh, they're mighty midgets. <laughs> All right, we keep going back into sports talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> know, it was my sorry. fault that time. It is a sports talk with Matt and John. Any calls? Okay, no. Uh, um, but here's the first thing I want, I want to point out. Because, uh, you know, we always talk about Daniel and the lion's den. But I think this story is as much about Darius and the lion's den. Oh. So I want to go through this story again, but put change the focus. We'll talk about Daniel, but put the focus on this guy, Darius. So do you want to start reading there with Daniel chapter 6, verse 1? Sure. Here we go. It please, Darius. There he goes. First yeah, guy, right. first, first guy name. Even yeah. We don't talk about Daniel. We're talking about Darius. To set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps should give an account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for a complaint or any fault, because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. All right. So, so the very first verse talks about Darius. Yes. Uh, and, and this is one, <laughs> one of the members of the Bible study. I'll, I'll throw the question out to you. So, so why has this guy got a den of lions? <laughs> That's what he said. So he likes so. to keep it as a zoo or something like this. What, what, how would you have answered that question? Why does this guy have a den of lions? If you're a king, why not have a den of lions <laughs> is my question. <laughs> That's a good point. You can uh, have a den anything you want, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, you, you think it seems to be it's to punish evildoers. It's some kind yeah. of death penalty here. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be as we as this account unfolds, this is sort of a common occurrence to throw someone in the den of lions. And they keep them hungry even, it sounds like, <laughs> as we move on, too. You know, that's. have you been to the new aquarium? I, I, I've been to the outside of it. I haven't gone in. <laughs> Just, I've admired it from from the outside. So you just hang around on the outside. Yeah, and that looks really that looks neat. Nice. Well, wow. it's cheaper that way, John. <laughs> well, that's true. It's it's pretty pricey. Uh, but, but so we took Lynn's dad uh, was here for cancer treatment, so we took him to the aquarium, and so they've got this big tank and it's filled with sharks and all kinds of other fish. And I I asked him, well, well, how do you keep the sharks from eating everything else in there? And it's just what what you said, or the opposite of what you said. They said they feed them all the time, they keep and then, them well fed. They, then they don't want to eat anything else. Oh, but in this case, no, the lions were kept good and hungry. Good and hungry, that's right. Um, yeah. So it's it, they they. They don't not eat Daniel because they were full. No, that's not it. They, no. no, they're hungry lions. So, so Lyndon points out that apparently this Darius was not a very nice guy. That historically speaking, he's a pretty nasty leader. And I would think if a guy keeps a den of lions just to eat people, <laughs> and you're complaining about the boss, you have to work with people. <laughs> he doesn't have a den of lions, this guy you're working with. Which I think is what's cool. So we've got this leader, and, and by every historical description, he's a very cruel, a very brutal leader. Uh, and yet, what does Daniel do? 
Well, he serves him. He serves him well. Yeah, yeah, to the best of his ability. Yeah, yeah. And, and so seriously, if, if you're out there and you're complaining about your boss or whoever has authority, your former or whatever, and maybe rightfully so, but you still need to, as a Christian, to serve him to the very best of your ability. All right? God doesn't say, well, I want you to work really hard for good rulers and then be totally opposed to bad rulers unless of course they're asking us to do something contrary to the will of god which is what we're going to run into here but outside of that no you should just do the very best serving them as if you were serving the lord paul says somewhere in the new testament trust me it's in there well yeah and i (laughs) I think what makes that comment even more remarkable is this uh, darius is not a king of israel no so he is he's a foreign king so uh the babylonians have taken over jerusalem is all but destroyed and the temple with it and then uh daniel along with some of the brightest and best in Jerusalem, along with guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are taken to Babylon. And now, at this point, this isn't even a king of Babylon. He's one of the, the Persian. He was a Mede. And uh, now Darius is the one who's in power. And Daniel is still faithfully serving, serving God, but also serving Darius, this foreign king. And, and, I, and boy, I really appreciate that thought, Matt, because so it's not just that he's, he's this cruel guy, but he's an enemy. He's he's part of the people that have have uh, imprisoned us and and have kept us in exile and so why would you want to help somebody like that? See, yeah. but but that's the Christian calling. Wherever we're at, we're to serve to the best of our ability. All right, let, let's move on a little yeah. further. But I think it's important to note, and I really appreciate your emphasis again. Why would we care about this guy at all? Why would God care about this guy? He's evil. He's a pagan. I'm thinking that the best thing God could do is just just destroy this fellow Darius. Put an end to him. Well, let's see what God's plan is for Darius. You want to keep on reading there, Matt? Sure. All right. Verse uh, f- uh, no, verse 6. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O king Darius, live forever. All yeah, the- by the way, Matt, when people come up to you and say live forever, that's when you really ought to start worrying. <laughs> that's a, that's a- yeah, no. Yeah. Long live the king. Wait yeah. a second. What are you asking for? Well, that's right. That's right. Buttering him up, huh? Well, you know, they did that to Jesus. Oh, you're such a great teacher, Jesus. And then, of course, they were just doing this to tempt him. Yeah. The Bible says over and over. Our kids do that to us, too. And you said that. You did. No one had ever come. Oh, Dad, you're such a wonderful such father. A Watch out. What's coming next? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, they say, okay, Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the agreement and injunction. So so what's the problem going to be for Daniel here? Well, he, he's, here he is, this, this Hebrew, this Israelite in this foreign place, someone who believes in the Lord God, the one true God. And now they pass this, this terrible law. That's really aimed specifically at Daniel. Can you imagine passing this entire law yeah. just to get at one guy? Yeah. And the law is you can't pray to anyone for 30 days except the king. 
And and again, I just I love this story because it's so true to life. Things haven't changed. Like I said, we still have bosses that we don't like. We probably have coworkers that that are they're that are jealous of us because that's what this is. This is just pure jealousy, and they're trying to undermine us. Th- these are things that people that are listening to us have to deal with day in and day out. And so the question then again is, what do we do? Well, we know that Daniel he just keeps working faithfully. That's what he's doing, as if he was serving the Lord. So let's what he let's see what he does now with confronting with this very fundamental thing. Are you going to keep faithful to the first commandment and worship God alone? Are you going to heed the uh, orders here of uh, King Darius? So even if your boss thinks they're God. Yeah. <laughs> still. Oh, man. Perfect analogy. Still, yeah. Still do your best because ultimately you're not serving them. You're no. Ser- you're serving the Lord. No. Uh, um, and, you know, that's, that's I'm glad you brought that up because on the one hand, these guys are saying that Darius is God. No one can ask for anything other than you. And yet on the other hand, they're saying, but you can't break that law. <laughs> You're going to make this rule. It's the rule of purges and means. Oh, we can't do anything about that. So it doesn't sound like God to me. Yeah. Yeah. If he's bound to that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. kind of thinking if you're God, you do pretty much what you want to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and he can't help but think, that, you know, they're so jealous of Daniel. And I think part of that jealousy was because he, he is a foreigner. Here he is, oh, this, yeah. this Hebrew. You know, he's an outsider. And yet he's a high-ranking official here in, in Persia now. Oh, man. And see, now you hit home again because that's so real, isn't it? We, even we Christians, we have problems with foreigners and outsiders and we say we're not biased. But there's something inside of us that is, you know, it's just like, oh, they're different than us. Well, and anyway, let's let's go and see how Daniel responds to this. Verse, where are we at? Ten, I Ten. think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Darius... you got to get the big print Bible. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> old and I, retired well, now. gets you there for Christmas. Oh, when, I thank you. Well, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed... He went to his house where he had his windows in his chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. All right, let's just stop there for a second. So what does Daniel do? What's his response to all of this? He knows full well what was passed. Yeah. And yet he just keeps on doing what he's been doing. He still prays. He yeah. still Speaks to the Lord. He still worships the one true God. So, so that's just great, simple guidance for all of us Christians. We we serve our, our our employers, whether we like them or not, to the best of our ability. When we are confronted with difficult things like this, the very first thing we do is we we turn to God in prayer. In fact, what was the little detail? This is, I think, is striking. What was the little detail about how he prayed? Well, toward Jerusalem. Yeah, with, yeah. The windows open. It looks yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how, how radically uh, Jewish worship has changed over the last uh, couple of uh, centuries. Well, it'd be more, what's a thousand years called? A millennium. Millennium, thank you. A couple of millenniums, thank you. Uh, because you had to do this. Your focus of worship had to be at Jerusalem. Of course, see, again, I'm thinking this emphasizes what you said before. Why would you want to do anything good for Darius? Because Darius is the one that's keeping you from returning to where you should be, returning to Jerusalem, rebuilding the temple. That's where you're supposed to worship God. You know that's where you're supposed to worship God. And now the best you can do is just kind of think about it and open your window and look toward Jerusalem. Uh, but but again, this shows it how. Uh, so, w- w- what about us and our worship? Do we have to look towards Jerusalem, Matt? No, no, no. Because I mean, that's that's not the only place that God is to be found, right? Yeah, it's not just at the temple, which, by the way, was destroyed anyway. At this point, yeah, he's looking to something that's not even there yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
But I'm just, when I read this, I rejoice in the fact that we live in the New Testament, not in the Old Testament. What a wonderful world we live in where you can go to Matt's church, or you can go to my former church. In fact, you can go anywhere where the word is preached and the sacraments are administered and know there is God to hear. Where those poor people, if, if you couldn't go to the temple, you never really can know for sure. Because that's where it had to happen. And outside of the temple, you really couldn't worship God. I think the other thing that's cool here, too, is he prays three times, which is good. I'm glad he's praying three Mm -hmm. times. But we can pray without ceasing. We can pray as many times as we want. There's no formula, no number or or ritual. It is just about faith in God. But that's what Daniel is showing, his trust in the Lord, which we'll actually see explicitly as we read later. And I I was going to say, too, you know, his prayer, specifically, what's the content of his prayer? Oh, yeah. He prays three times a day. He prayed and gave thanks before God. What does he have to give thanks for? They just (laughs) passed this law, and he knows that... He probably is a pretty bright guy. He knows that they're just trying to get at him. But it even gives thanks even in the midst of that adversity, too. I think there's something, again, in the New Testament. I can't remember the exact passage where it does say that, though, doesn't it? That in tribulation that we're supposed to, in trial, we're supposed to give thanks. Why would we do that? Why would you give thanks in the face of trial, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he knows the Lord is with him in the face of trial. Because, you know, I think part of it is um, he, he knows full well what the what what the consequences of this might be yeah. and yet he still does it and and i i think that's interesting it's not that it's not that he um is, is going to uh, keep praying and then if it's caught boy then he's gonna fight it <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna go he's gonna go to march himself into darius and fight this yeah. or it's not like he's gonna take up arms and you know try to battle his way out of this predicament no he seems to be resigned to the fact that if he's caught and if if he has to face that consequence well then so be it Yep. But he's going to keep doing what he's been called to do, keep serving the Lord, keep praying and, and worshiping him alone. Because he knows, as you said, because God is going to be with him, however yeah. it works out. I, I love the response of Shadrach, Meshach, oh, yeah. and Abednego. Yeah, yeah, yeah when thing. they're about to be thrown in the fire yeah. furnace, I, I, because what they say, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, We might get burnt up, be crispy toast, but we're going to do what God has told us to do, which is worship him alone. Yeah, we're just, um, and he'll be with us either way. And either I, way. And I think, boy, that's, I think that speaks volumes for us today, in the, as Christians, and Christians around the world especially, that, yeah, if we do things and we obey God rather than men, if we're commanded to do something contrary to God's word, yeah, we have the freedom to to disobey, to follow God, worship him alone. In fact, we should just worship yeah. him alone. But at the same time, well, be ready to face temporal consequences like Daniel or like Peter or Paul or so many others who have gone before us. So, so what we've got laid out before us here. Is, is if you find yourself having to work with evil, sinful people, which, of course, you cannot exist in this world without finding that out. But what you do is you do your very best to serve them uh, to the very best of your ability. You, you should excel in what you're doing for them unless, as you said, they ask you to do something contrary to the will of God. And then as Peter told those Jewish leaders in Jerusalem when they said, don't preach Jesus, they said, well, we have to obey God rather than men. But aside of that exception, no, we, we remain our faithful service. And you know what? You, like you said, we may be persecuted for it. And you know what? The lions may eat us. Yep. <laughs> I think that's, as you that's read right. this, you have to understand, yeah, in this case, we know how it's going to work out. The lions will have their mouths held shut. But there are plenty of other faithful people that were thrown in lion's dens and know they were eaten. And in fact, we're all going to get eaten by the lions. 
although it might be called heart disease, it might be called cancer, it might be called car wrecks, it might be called falling out of trees. But then again, sometimes God (laughs) keeps the lion's mouth shut, and even though we fall out of a tree, we're all right again. We're delivered. We're delivered. That's exactly Um, right. But as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Benner go, well, it doesn't make any difference, because either way, we're going to be with the Lord. I, yeah. I like what you said earlier. Either way, we're going to be. Well, let's continue. Yeah, the by story the way, you know, yeah. Daniel, he's taken captive, you know, long before this. So yeah. this guy's, he's probably like eighty. You know, yeah. he, he's not a young. So as you picture this, and as we see artwork of Daniel, yeah. he should always be portrayed as as an older guy. You know, so that's kind of interesting too, as you picture this. And, and in all fairness, then. Maybe it's easier for an 80-year-old guy to not take up arms and fight, to be resolved. I've lived my life. If this is what happens, then good. I, I, to so die as a mitre, martyr for the Lord, that's not a bad way to die. I hadn't thought about that. But that's a good thought. That's a good thought. So maybe some of us aren't ready to have that kind of resolve that a, a uh, Daniel would have or that a, a Simeon uh, would have, right? Uh, Lord, now let us all thy servant depart in peace. Well, that's okay. That's okay. If you, if you need that resolve, I think the Lord would give you that resolve as well. Uh, let's go ahead and finish the story here. Okay. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Boy, you see a hint of that bias, that prejudice that you talked about earlier. Yeah, that they don't tell the king who's breaking the law until yeah. until after he agrees that, oh yeah, that is a breaking of the law. And that he's an exile from Judah oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, by yeah. the way, he's not, he ain't from around here, king. Yeah. Remember that? Okay, keep reading. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king established can be changed. So I would suggest what's happening here is we're beginning to see the Holy Spirit work in the heart of an evil, wicked man who even kept a den of lions to feed people to because what is Darius trying to do? He's trying to, any way he can, to save Daniel. And I just want you to see this is a miracle. We we really expect from Daniel what he does, because we know he is a righteous man. But to th- see these things within Idarius, no, this is miraculous. And I think God's spirit is working. Let, let's keep reading here, man. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. All right, Matt, I'm going to call an audible here as we're getting near the uh, end of the uh, hour. Do you mind if we pick this up for a little bit next week? Yeah, you bet. Uh, and, And then what did you want to talk about next week? Next week, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, Sermon on the Mount. So we'll look at Matthew chapter 5. Okay, and I think we can probably, we'll get started, we'll finish up this and we'll get started on Matthew 5. Oh yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, Because as we come to the end here, just one quick comment again, coming from the good folks at Christ Our Savior in Freeburg. They pointed out this business about putting the stone and sealing it. That reminds you immediately of who? Oh yeah, Jesus, right? 
that, his tomb. When I prepared this, that thought had never even crossed my mind, but I'm beginning to think, yeah, there's bigger things going on here. It's not just Daniel that's being saved, but this is, again, as we see so often in the Scriptures, pointing ahead to the fact that Jesus is going to come, and he's going to save in a way that's even greater than what happens here with Daniel. Um, I think that's about the time to close the show, isn't it, Matt? Sounds good. I think we're closing on a good note here. We'll wrap up again next week, and uh, it's a good hug for people. Hopefully they can join us next week for the conclusion here on Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basics. Basics.